Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 86. 86. Girls, how are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Tell me everything. 86 is when you get kicked out of a bar or some kind of establishment. <laughs> and I was 86 out of the Abbey in West Hollywood for no fault of my own, but I was with a group of people celebrating a birthday um, oh back in God, the day. Um, you remember those days when you could actually go out and party and drink and have fun oh. with your friends? Mm-hmm. Um, and we had somebody with us in our group that was like super, super drunk and started acting belligerent to the freaking bouncer and, <laughs> and, and was giving him attitude. And I had already stepped over the threshold, but because he acted an ass, he kicked the whole group out. Oh, no. I hate yeah, when that so. happens. Anyway, episode 86. <laughs> <laughs> Get tossed on your way out. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. Well, as for me, I have been working on Inktober slash Strawtober. So it's been pretty cool. I actually am enjoying it this year. Um, much like I said a couple episodes ago that I was going to have a list of the characters I was going to draw and I was going to have my drawing tools and all that stuff. That was a lie. I did not do any of that. <laughs> at the last minute, it was like eight o'clock at night on October 1st. And I was like, fuck, I have to think of something. And so I found my my colored pencils, which I wasn't even planning on using colored pencils this year, okay? But that's mm-hmm. what I found. And <laughs> then I was like, I know I, I purchased a little spiral um, watercolor um, ink notebook. Uh, notebook. Yeah, and I was like, I haven't used that. I'm just going to use that one, right? So I grabbed it. I knew where I put it in. And, and then I'm like, okay, well, now what do I draw? And then I'm just like scrolling and scrolling. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to start easy. So um, not that gum girl is easy per se. It actually was difficult. So like, Oh, really? Oh, yes. I thought it was so cute. Yeah. So I picked a picture that I thought I could, you know, execute in a, in a, in a, you know, easy manner, you know, get started my foot in the door. But I was having a lot of trouble getting the emotion in her face. I kept having mm. her look like evil and I'm like that girl is not evil I'm like I'm like how does I'm like it looks easy but it's not and because I didn't practice um it was it was difficult to get that emotion of like her being like tough instead of being evil like just the eyebrow and eye alone was like completely off for me and so um even though I thought I was starting off easy it was difficult just to get into the swing things but now that I am and I have all my drawing utensils in one spot it's become a lot easier it's just um what mood am I in am I going to go into great detail should I you know do like a Andy Starboy or do I want to do a female like I'm more familiar Mm -hmm. with the female body that kind of thing so um and then I ran into a uh, free comic book day issue that um, Kristen gave to me. And I was able to read the whole thing while I was waiting for my husband. And um, I found this little, like, uh, little 
character in the in the way in the back of the book that it said draw your version of this character and post it with the hashtag oh cool yeah and so that's my latest one that I did and um <laughs> Yehudi Mercado actually commented on it so I was like oh my god it's awesome like I really love to have the feedback from the actual creator of the character mm-hmm. so it's been really great so far yeah yeah you've been doing such a great job and um every I'm not an artist by any means at all but every inktober drawtober whatever i see everyone's like i want to try to do something and like i because there's a lot of lists uh prompts out there where you know you can do whatever you want but there you there's also um uh lists where every day they give you a prompt and then you just draw whatever that brings up in your imagination uh, using your creativity I would only do stick figures but I really (laughs) okay next year 2021 (laughs) I'm gonna do it so but yes you've been doing a really great job and um, I was actually excited when I saw that you had written uh uh, read the Saifu because I actually had put that aside because I thought it was really cool that Yehudi had a uh, free comic book day book unfortunately you know free comic book day was uh, canceled this year but um, all the books were still distributed to the local comic stores and I thought it would be cool for us to like read it and and talk about it because he it was he had a book that had like a couple of short stories in there I think uh yes a couple, oh, the whole yes. the whole book was his stuff but it was yes. one story yeah. yes yes and i um, thought the second cool. yeah the second one the first one is like um his love letter to hip-hop basically uh there's two kids from i think brooklyn i can't remember brooklyn the bronx one of those two uh-huh. in new york and so like uh they want to be rap artists and stuff and so their uh-huh. music actually attracts uh an alien who then abducts the whole building, <laughs> which I thought was super cool. But it's really cute because it's set in the 80s. Um, so there's like mixtapes and there's a girl he likes and um, they're rapping sometimes. And then the uncle's like, you guys are terrible. Don't, 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 don't rap. <laughs> but it's, it's really, it's really cute. And then the second one is about like uh, a crew in a ship who basically it needs to conquer other worlds for their queen, but the captain is such a delusional that he's great, but the, and he's constantly being reminded he's living under the shadow of his mother, who has been one of the captains that conquered the most worlds for her queen that nobody has even come closer numbers. And so he's like, but I, you know, he's so delusional. He's like, I, I'm, I'm good too. Like I can do it, you know. And then his, his crew's like, oh my god, you, you really can't. Like <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. It's really cute too. So I, I was like, oh my god, why did it take me so long to read this? But anyway, it was really, really a great read. I really enjoyed it. Cool. That's good. What's yeah, up no, with you, I've Jen? Been, I've been playing a new video game called Genshin Impact. And it's it, it's a gotcha game, so it's like um, uh, there's full of like possible microtransactions, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, some people have been, I don't know why gotcha games make people so mad, and it's just like, okay, you can either cave into the gotcha or you don't. Stop complaining. But uh, Genshin, <laughs> yeah. So um, um, Genshin Impact is like uh, it's it's really pretty. It's really well made for a free free uh game 
it is a gotcha after all. Um, uh, but I've been playing it um, um, with my friends and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really, really pretty. I think that's uh, what has uh, most people, I think, mad or something. It's really well made for a gotcha. Usually with gotcha games is that like maybe they have good art, but the, but the mechanics of the game are like super faulty. There's a lot of bugs. There's a lot of fixes. Or maybe it does play smoothly, but the, but the art isn't as good. And stuff like that, or like, and stuff like that. So there's always something about a gacha game, but this one is great in art, great in game mechanics, and has like great, uh, like a possible like um, uh, well, from what I've heard, it has good ratios. I have of course already caved into the gacha and spent money, um, uh, <laughs> but I'm a person who like doesn't really bother. Like I'm not gonna spend like a lot of money, like unlike some of my friends. But like uh, ten bucks, what's 10 bucks is fine <laughs> stuff stuff like that but uh it's been a lot oh, of fun I was, waiting for you. <laughs> I was waiting for you to actually explain to me what gotcha meant because I thought maybe that's what you meant because mm-hmm. yeah you mentioned something else about uh gotcha and um I was like oh so basically all the Facebook games I play are gotcha games <laughs> because I I spend money on guard apes like nobody's business. And it's the only one I spend money on, but like I'll spend money, I'll spend like 30 bucks a month on it mm. just so that I can keep playing without having to wait for my lives to regenerate. <laughs> so yeah, that is okay. So gotcha games are a a it's a term used for games that are filled with microtransactions, but there's also uh-huh. they are technically free to play. And you can like grind and like uh, get like some kind of current uh, currency that's based in the mm-hmm. game, um, and then use that currency to redeem like characters or like outfits and stuff like that. Uh, but it's all up to chance. Like there's a percentages and stuff like that. So you won't always get what you want, no matter what. You can't buy a specific thing. You can just buy the currency for the mm-hmm. possibility of getting the thing that you want uh because like you know gotcha machines with the little like you usually spend a dollar you get like some mystery ball and stuff like that yeah, and you don't yeah. know what uh-huh. you got until you until you've opened it uh-huh. uh that's basically it's that but for video games uh-huh, uh-huh. and so so not uh-huh. every like currency based or microtransaction filled game is a gotcha game uh, uh it, there has to be some element of chance surprise, to it chance. okay yeah, surprise surprise and chance to it um and this makes a lot of people mad because they're like no i want this thing but now i have to spend money to possibly get it because i used up all my currency and stuff like that yeah uh and then you can buy more currency to get it uh or like in some like orbs or like whatever or like you can spend real money to get your in-game currency basically uh Got it. and so uh, for me personally, I'm like microtransactions are now like pretty much part of gaming in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to EA, thanks to EA Sports, <laughs> um, or EA the just EA the video game thing. But it's like uh, at the same hand, at the same time, there is new stuff being developed for the game. So of course that's gonna cost some money. So mm-hmm. I'm just so like, I don't like oh, that's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> uh at least to me i I don't get really worked out about it as some people do 
they yeah. just like some people get so mad about gotcha games and like i'm like this isn't gaming blah 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 and i'm just like okay you would rather prefer to still be playing atari in the fucking like <laughs> 70s then that's a, that's the pinnacle of gaming to you is what hey, you're telling me pong was the shit <laughs> 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 of course, not to drag those old games. There's a reason, like, we have stuff right now. I and sat a in reason... front of the TV playing Space Invaders for hours. I mean, there's a reason these games are still popular even now. There's a reason, like, Tetris is still one of the most popular games yeah. played. That's my I game. Still... I, I love Tetris. But at the same time, I'm just like, look at this beautiful, amazing world that was just created, and you're going to complain about maybe spending five dollars that you don't have to here's the yeah. thing you don't have to it yeah. does not affect your progress in the game at all you don't have to cave into it if you have self-restraint which i don't which I'm, <laughs> and i'm honestly i'm okay with that like i know myself and i'm okay with spending a couple dollars and stuff like that but like for some other people they're like they're like oh my god no this is this is blasphemy this is like against gaming and i'm just like oh my god calm yeah. the fuck down i don't know it's just it's it's a whole thing but uh it's it's a lot of fun and it's a free game that you can get on the playstation or on your phone oh cool oh yeah it's it, yeah I, games on my phone is where i lose my money for sure <laughs> <laughs> so maybe i should stay away yeah no uh it's a lot of fun but um um that's that's what i've been playing and now guys what time is it, Kristen? <gasps> we don't have it all the time. Es la hora de la cervecita. And Ooh. we are going to be trying this beer that literally I am looking at the can and just the can alone, the visuals, the color, just everything. It's making my mouth water. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I I am looking at it, and my mouth is just like, oh, my gosh, hurry up and fill me up with <laughs> what you have in your hand. So, uh, Sarah was so wonderful enough to be able to um, uh, give each of us a can of Dust Bowl oh, no. Brewing Company's Crash Crop orange mango mm. and um uh sarah is has poured it into her glass and it's actually not very, i thought it might be uh, a little bit more darker than that but it's pretty yeah. light um yeah. oh my god it smells incredible uh but uh one of the things that actually caught my eye about this beer was that I recognized the name Dust Bowl Brewing Company um, as a brewing company that is from Central California uh, in the agricultural area where I grew up. And in fact, it is from Turlock, California. So if any of you know where Turlock is, that means that you've either driven the 99 north or south from uh, either Bakersfield, I mean, from Fresno to Los Angeles, or you grew up in the Central Valley, so um, which is the case for me. Um, so I was really interested to try it out. And um, they, uh, Dust Bowl Brewing Company actually has a um, tap room in both Turlock and in Monterey. So um, if you are close to uh, either of those places, you can probably find this uh, can near you. And it is a 
Cash Crab Orange Mango Blonde. So it's a blonde ale and it has an ABV of 4.5. So it's not very, um, it's not very high in alcohol. So it's probably a, a drink that um, you could drink uh, all day and not be too worried about it. Um, and it says that the big aromas of orange and mango make this an inviting thirst quencher. So um, I see you two have already tried it out, but I haven't opened mine yet. So let me. Um, and actually, this one um, was like you said, the can was very attractive. It's it's it has a uh, dark yellows and greens and a kind of a um, dusty turquoise and oranges. That was what attracted me to the can. Um, and then reading that it um, it seeing here that it has like a mango and an orange was then second and then the other thing that attracted me to this can is that it's a 12 fluid ounces can mm -hmm. which is a can that when we used to record together in uh, Starburn Studios was a can that I already I already just because of the size of it would not even look at because we usually share Right. Between the three of us, we share a big can. But now that we are um, practicing social distancing and I wanted to bring back Laura de la Cervecita, these 12 ounce, can, ounce cans are perfect for us to each have one and try out Laura de la Cervecita. So whereas um, the 12 ounce was something I didn't look forward to, now it's something that I look for when purchasing beer. So what do you guys so think so far? The smell of it when you open it reminds me of orange Gina, orange Gina, orange Gina. How do you pronounce that? You know, the little, the, the little drink that comes in a orange shaped glass container and it, it looks like an orange and it's orange flavored soda. I don't know, but that's what the smell reminded me of. It was very fruity on the front uh, aroma. And when I tasted it, you can taste the orange and mango, but it's so light. It's so, so light. It's such mm. a, mine was not that cold because uh, it was sitting here for a while before we opened it, but it is a thirst quencher. Like I love light beers when I just want a beer to quench my thirst and it's hot and I just want to enjoy a beer for beer's sake. Um, I don't go for an IPA. I don't go for a porter. I don't go for uh, a stout. I don't go for those heavy um, hoppy beers. I go for ales or pilsners or lagers. And this is um, uh, perfectly fits that bill. Um, oh, absolutely agree. Yeah, 100%. Really, really light and thirst quenching. And I like the flavor a lot. Yeah, actually, when burping a little bit, I can taste the orange peel, which I like because, um, because I mean, you have to take everything into consideration, including burping up the beer you just had. <laughs> so oh I, I really, really like it. Okay, so you don't really taste, I didn't really taste the orange at first. I tasted the mango. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until later and I took more sips that I tasted the orange. And it's really, really good. It reminded me, this is going to sound strange, but it, it reminded me of an orange blossom pour tea that I have. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And so it's it's really, really tasty. It just, the, the orange, it slowly comes in and yes. it's a great aftertaste. That so, is one of the notes that I wanted to say is that you taste both. When, mm -hmm. Sometimes when we have beers and it's a, um, a double fruit. 
mango or hibiscus, whatever, strawberry. Sometimes I just feel uh, like I just taste one and not the other. But this one, mm-hmm. you definitely taste both. Yeah, no, I'm, 100%. You taste both. And I really like uh, the high carbonation in this. It's it's um, definitely refreshing. And even though we're in October, it's still not um, it's cold still enough. Hot. Yes. Yep. So this is... <laughs> This definitely hits the spot as far yes. as taste, mm-hmm. uh, crisp, fresh, even oh, the yeah, colors. Oh, yeah, it's very clear. crisp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So are we ready to rate it? Yes. And just yeah. as a reminder for our rating system, it's a five-point rating system where one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, four is full, and a five out of five is rigid. But if it is off the charts, crazy, awesome, and amazing, that is a six out of five, which is a super saiyan. So, um, Sarah, what would you like to rate this beer? I am going to go with the full. Uh, it's really just hits the spot. It's perfect. Mm. It's not overpowering. The carbonation is perfect. The color is amazing. It's crisp. It's really refreshing on a hot day. Uh, so I'm going to go with the full. Nice. And I am also going to go with the full. It is honestly... If it's working it cold, that might have pushed me over to a rigid, a five out of five. But the fact that it's almost room temperature for me, I think is is kind of what's holding me back. So um, it has the it's a full with the potential of a rigid. Um, so but I really do like it and I would definitely buy it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Over ice. I think this would have shot it up like either over ice or having it drunk straight cold. It would have been um, a, a full rigid as is. I'm uh, I'm gonna give it a full as well. All beer drinkers in the world are listening to Jen say over ice and cringing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, I do that all the time. I don't care. I wonder. I oh my god. My mom does it too. Yeah, but the the trick is that you put it do it over ice and then you don't let it sit long enough. Yeah, you just it, have to drink it fast. <laughs> just drink it fast. It's like with soda. Uh huh. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Jen. What was your rating? Uh, it's a full. Okay. So that me. is an all around four out of five for all of us for Dust Bowl Brewing Company's Cash Crop Orange Mango Blonde Ale. And now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And to bring you Chisme is Kristen. What do you have for us today? Well, this cheese actually is uh, maybe the cheese the piece of information that I finally need to get me to spend money on HBO Max. HBO Max <laughs> has actually been freaking killing it and kicking, kicking, hitting it out of the park with um, with shows that they already have and also shows that they've announced are coming. And this particular show um, or piece of cheesement is that Shira creator is set for a next their next animated series, which is going to be the animated uh, 
series of Lumberjanes, which is an Eisner award-winning comic book series um, about a group of girls who meet every summer at a summer camp and they go on crazy fun adventures and they really uh, utilize the STEM um, kind of uh, like they they go on mysteries and they they solve problems and they really focus heavily on STEM, um, like science and math and stuff like that. And they also focus heavily on really prominent, important women in history who also are like scientists and doctors and like just cool people uh, who did cool shit in history. And it is written by Noelle Stevenson. If you have not read any Lumberjanes <laughs> or anything else by her, I highly recommend it. Um, if you want to freaking cry your eyes out, read Nimona, which was her yes. um, web series turned into comic book Um that is just it's about this girl who basically uh set in like medieval like king arthur times and she wants to be the evil sidekick to an evil sorcerer and she does everything in her power for him to choose her as his evil sidekick and it is just so good like the last thing i thought that was going to happen reading an all ages comic book was for me to like be so emotionally invested and literally bawling <laughs> my eyes out at the end oh so, wow that means it's good yeah so yes. noel stevenson is an amazing uh creator she's an amazing writer and she created lumberjanes and lumberjanes has broken barriers in a lot of different um ways and just really shows girls um, together in friendship um, and uh, there's you know LGBTQ stuff going on there's like I said STEM stuff and just all around awesomeness that that uh, women can be so um, the fact that this is going to be an animated series is so exciting to me because it to me it means that they can keep the the whimsy and fun of mm -hmm. what the comic book is uh and um can actually like take some creative uh license Please. to mm -hmm. kind of like make it even ama more amazing so mm -hmm. um i don't know when this is set to hit but i'm just kind of searching my um article that I was reading it doesn't really say um but I definitely um think that it shouldn't be too far out um if they're announcing it uh you know animated series they don't have to worry too much about COVID stuff um but keep an eye out because um Lumberjanes is going to be coming to HBO Max that's amazing. I can't wait to see it. Super um, excited I love, for it. Yeah, I love animated series. So I'm very, I'm looking forward to this. Definitely. I mean, and we don't get many shows uh, targeted for females that are like related to math and sciences. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and we have more cheese, man. Jen, what do you have for us today? Oh, yeah. Um, so Gal Gadot is going to be playing Cleopatra in an upcoming Paramount movie uh, that features her and that's going to be directed by Patty Jenkins and is going to be written by, one moment, I had her name right here. Well, 
I think that that is a team up that uh, definitely people, <laughs> uh, moviegoers would get behind if you don't recognize the name. Um, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman and Patty Jenkins is the amazing director behind Wonder Woman, the, the movie. So um, I think that anybody who saw Wonder Woman would be like, I don't care. I'm going to go see this movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Cleopatra has a like, I mean, there's many movies out there about her. So I, I can't wait to see uh, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot's and um, this ensemble give us a new story on Cleopatra. Um, mm-hmm. Jen, you were saying you, who was the writer? Yeah, uh, it's Laida Kalogridis, who wrote Shutter Island and Alita <gasps> Battle Angel. Oh. oh my god shutter the island script, was the, the screenplay for them yeah yeah oh my god shutter island was so good i oh i every time i watch it I, i'm still like baffled how the how the uh story un, be, unfolded in front of me that was that was so good and that was with leonardo dicaprio and I, oh yeah. yeah i've never seen it but mm. that actually uh i recall uh, like a trailer for it and Pedro Angel Alita, I was not expecting to like it, but I totally did. And I have watched that about four times already. It's so good. Oh, wow. It's actually, you can stream it, I believe, on HBO, HBO Go. But yeah, actually, that was really interesting. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I wasn't thinking I was going to enjoy it, but I totally did. So I'm looking forward to this Cleopatra team up, guys. <laughs> it sounds super cool. Um, I also have a little bit of achievement. So apparently LA Comic Con is still a go. And that's going to be happening December 11th through the 13th. But my achievement is on the price. So the three-day pass is $72 for three days. Three and days. Wow. Yeah. And then there's a VIP admission. Early bird pass, $209. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the- get in and, early to get your covid right and then yep. <laughs> early it says uh there's an early bird vvip pass i'm thinking very 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 important important person that's 399 dollars wow and what do you get and, for that stuff like what is who it? has agreed to even appear in la comic-con oh well, um is it let, is it let let me tell you guys. Uh, wait, Frank, what's his name? Frank Miller. Frank Miller, yeah, Frank Miller. There in all his amazing sketching <laughs> glory. <laughs> it's uh Frank Miller's autograph and photo ops. Um, silver ticket for and Saturday is a hundred dollars. Yes, a hundred dollars. Can you please sign this horrible Wonder Woman cover that <laughs> you drew for me? Can you please sign it for me? I know you guys can't see me and we're doing this on like the people who will be listening to this later can't see me but I want it to be clear that my silence is because I'm rolling my eyes so hard (laughs) (laughs) there's a Frank Miller golden ticket $300 (gasps) oh my gosh is this gonna be good Frank Miller did they bring good Frank Miller back from wherever he went and and that's who they're gonna parade (laughs) before he got hooked on the cocaine Oh, <laughs> there is a VIT, VIP platinum for $650. Oh my gosh. And just to take a picture is $100. Wow. Yes. You want to take a picture with a skeleton? There's one for free on most people's lawns right now. 
So that's, that's the cheese man. It's incredible. Um, you're gonna pay uh, $72 with the side of COVID. So with the side of COVID. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been seeing uh, they are marketing heavy on Facebook and it comes up. I mean, obviously, um, it, they know that they have their their um, information set to hit the right demographic. So I get it on my Facebook every single day, multiple times a day. And I look a lot of the comments are like, no way, I'm not going there. You know, why are you doing this? Please postpone, blah, blah, blah. But um, I'm also part of other Facebook groups, um, collectors and fans and stuff. They're like, I can't wait. And uh, I've been missing all of my shows and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm. Yeah, there are people who are going to show up. So I'm just really hoping that um, they're able to implement the safety precautions that is necessary for uh, the amount of people that are going to be coming. So I cross my at face. a convention. I know where they barely shower. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. You you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, people complained before about having to shake hands all the time. And this was before COVID yeah. and how mm -hmm. some people got too close or were like, I mean, it's not called con crud for nothing. Right. Ew. So that's my achievement because I can't believe they're charging these awful prices and mm. also that they're going forward with this convention in December. Yeah. You want me to risk my life for $72 for a convention to... that, one, doesn't even have anybody that I'm interested in in the first place. And two, you're not even giving me food. Look, I'll risk my life for a restaurant that I really <laughs> like. Like, I'll do that shit. Like, I will risk my life for, like, a Daikokuya ramen. I will do that. But I'm not going to do that for LA Comic Con. Yeah. Like, yeah. now I don't even want to call it Kamikaze anymore because it's tainted. <laughs> all right guys it's now time for our book review what are we reviewing today so today we are going to be reviewing dark arc by cullen bunn and drawn by juan do and it is an aftershock comic uh we have volume one right now that's and the volume one is called 40 nights oh i didn't even see that there was a title <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes perfect sense mm -hmm. so First i am going to read the introduction that we have for it right now uh and it says this is a book i never imagined actually writing I think every writer has a handful of amusing ideas that they're always turning over in their head, more for their own enjoyment than anything else. These are observed little ideas with weird hooks and oft ridiculous titles. Among mine are Werewolves on the Moon and Attack of the Attacking Sharks and Think Tank, which is a story about the creature from the Black Lagoon, only the creature is the world's greatest detective. These aren't stories that I ever intended to be anything more than jokes I tell myself every now and then. Dark Arc started out the same way. I mean, no one is going to publish such a strange concept with a ridiculous and straight to the point title. No one would be crazy enough to try. Except that Aftershock was crazy enough. 
They became interested in the story based on a very short pitch I had put together. It only gave the bare bones of the idea. You know how Noah put all the animals on an ark and rode out of the flood? Well, what if there was another ark, and it was full of all the monsters of the world? There might have been more to it than that, but not much. So, when we started talking about the idea in more detail, I had an important decision to make. Until that point, Dark Ark was sort of a goofy, funny little story I kept to myself. But if I was going to write it, I mean really write it, did I want to do something more with it? In the end, I decided to take the story a little more seriously and to explore some of the darker aspects of the monsters and of the humans who tended them. If I was going to tell the tale, then I was going to pour as much heart and soul and tragedy and horror and monstrousness and humanity into it as possible. Sure, I kept some of the more absurd aspects of the story. The idea of unicorns being on the wrong arc always amused me. But even the ridiculous aspects of the story would play out across a grim backdrop. In short, Dark Arc is no longer a joke. Except for when it is. I'm glad I pushed the story into a different direction than was originally intended. If this is your first time reading about Shrey, Kali, Orin, Janris, Cruel, Nex, and all the others, I hope you enjoy the ride. But Aftershock was still crazy to greenlight the story. Colin Bunn, February 2018. That is amazing because I was like, who thought of this and why? I mean, like, <laughs> first of all, such an amazing like concept. Uh, absolutely. I completely agree. And the whole like little backstory with the unicorns. That makes more sense yeah. for me yeah. now. Like it's, it, oh my God, it, it was so good. Like at the beginning I was like, cause I did read the intro and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this, but I started reading it and it was just amazing. Like, oh my God, like I had to stop because I, I had to work, but, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was really good. I was like, um, I was like, okay, I know I need to get it to Jen, but I really want to just kind of spend my time like really, really reading it and <laughs> looking over the pictures and everything. And I was like, because there, there's, let's just say the art was amazing and grouping so many different types of demons in one splash page was just like, wow, I can't believe he did it. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. So I totally love this concept. Love, love, love it. What do you guys think? Well, you all know, um, and I think I've probably recommended books by him in the past. Colin Bunn is one of my favorite writers. Um, You probably have heard, and if not, I will briefly mention again, that I pushed Rob Liefeld out of the way to get to Colin Bunn once. (laughs) Um, And had the opportunity to actually speak to Colin after, later that afternoon. And um, he shared with me that he had been sharing that story all day and that I made his name. Somebody somebody, uh, pushed the creator of Deadpool out of the way to get to him. (laughs) Uh, but he is amazing he is the um creator and writer of um my one of my favorite uh horror books harrow county um that's the book that turned me on to colin bunn and um he i've read multiple um books of his that um are in the 
horror genre and they're all just so so good and he's done a few for aftershock um but if you love horror i highly recommend that you check out some of his stuff because it's just really really good um and then the reason we picked this book is not only is because we're continuing our horror genre halloween theme uh, for the month of october but also Mm -hmm. the the artist juan doe is a latino so um he um, is the interior artist and actually also did some covers as well. But um, I love Dark Arc. The concept is so amazing. I mean, so simple too. Like, well, if there was a, a ship for um, animals of the earth, what about the non-natural animals? What about vampires? What about um, what Naga? What about, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, all, all that other creatures that that you've only read about um why are you only reading about them um how and why um are they not here anymore how did their story um develop and so that's kind of where this book um is rooted in and it is such an amazing story and there's like twists and turns just in this first volume um you know there's a part in the in the book where um Noah is having a really hard time on his boat. <laughs> yes. He's training hard. Um, there's no food. He's just like, I need help. And he's praying. And so through his prayers, angels come to help him. But they land. Just that simple little, small little twist of fate turn of the story just takes it into a whole nother direction and it's just such um such a great uh first volume and we always Mm -hmm. say first issues um should really want you leave you wanting more and definitely this entire first volume leaves you wanting more definitely there's so many questions that i still have that i'm very (laughs) excited to uh to like go ahead and get volume two for it too um uh, because it was just Okay, first of all, I always love stories that really, like, kind of, like, take religious aspects like that and, like, really, like, deconstruct them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is kind of a version of that because, uh, of course, if the Lord had sent his messengers and created this uh, ark for humanity uh, to be to be saved as well as all the animals and um, um, the clean and unclean uh, to be saved from the flood... Uh, then, of course, in this case, Satan or the devil, Lucifer, whatever, uh, would know of this plan and be like, sick, I still want to terrorize humanity. So <laughs> let's get all the monsters aboard one ship so that they can that, so that they can continue to haunt humanity. And I thought like, like, it doesn't like, on that basis itself, the idea is so simple. And it, but it's like, yeah, like it kind of makes like, like kind of like sense as well. Like, of course, well, if these, if these creatures would continue to haunt humanity, then they must have been saved from the great flood. Uh, exactly. So I just, I just, I just love that idea. I was just like, oh my God. So we still don't know whether the, this arc survives or not. And their survival is not only based on whether they can get along long enough on the sh- on the ship all these monsters and demons of the night uh like being usually the big bad that haunts humanity all stuck on one boat dependent on each other to survive enough to get along long enough to uh survive the flood 
but also they can't just go to the next bastion of food or or i guess the next the only thing that they have that they're dependent on if they kill noah's ark that's it they're done for they're like their source of food will be gone forever but they're base creatures going off of base instinct and man do they want to go to that other boat and just eat everybody that's on there and i thought that was i thought that was like really like super like uh like yeah of course these creatures aren't going to get along they're 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 unnatural and they and they feed off of people as a matter of fact one of the food sources on the book uh, in the book is people Mm -hmm. the people that that they saved from the great flood to feed to the monsters and i thought i was just like of course duh i don't know why i didn't think of that so i was just like i wonder what like they could either be eating each other but no of course their main food source they prey upon humanity so humanity is going to be their food Mm -hmm. yeah it's so it's so compelling like this like you said the simple kind of concept but all the complexities that go into creating all the characters in the boat that is amazing and he hits it right on the nose and it he tells the story in such a compelling way that you want to read more, you want to learn more. For instance, I mean, Kroll, the manticore, like, I mean, he basically has a mate and that is expecting their cub, but he's here flirting with the human girl who's supposed to be food. Yeah. Like, and not only that, not only that, you got the next who's the vampire who's like plotting to take over the, the ship. Um, and then you have the person in charge of the ship who is Shrey, and he basically is a saucer, and he uh, he wants to make this work because his whole family is on the boat with him, mm-hmm. which includes mm-hmm. his children, and and one of his daughters, Kali, forms this friendship with Jarnus, who. Um, generous who's supposed to be food for the for the uh for the monsters so it's like so complex it's gotten it just has gotten out of control uh like you said jen these monsters are not the type of of demons or entities that would get along in the regular world but uh it is stated from satan himself that if noah's ark does not um fulfill their mission then they will they will suffer the same fate Mm -hmm. so basically they can't attack noah's ark and and there's a talk of mutiny throughout the book throughout uh with all the demons so like you you don't know where uh where the problems are going to come from and it's just it's just so engaging i think and the artwork is just it just really it um, hits that mark with showing all these complexities of all these demons and how they look and how they move and it's just really great I I love this so far we haven't met Noah yet but <laughs> I feel like that's gonna happen in the future somehow but it's it's gotten really it's gotten really good like um like there's some stuff about Shrey, the the saucer that I we learned about. Like his blood is poison because of all the harm he's done in the world. So I mean, all these little things that are coming out of each character, I think, uh, really propel the story. So I really, really love this. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, There's a lot of little hints and clues of future plot points yes. that you get to see that I don't want to discuss all of them, but yeah. it's it's a very compelling tale, and I think one that is definitely very very interesting and one that appeals to me because it's got it's got myths, it's got religious <laughs> uh, re- religious uh, heresy, you know, you got you got angels, you got the devil you got like all this stuff and i can see where he went with the unicorn thing because that one actually really paid off it was really funny actually there were moments in the book that were actually pretty funny like a lot of the a a lot of like the beast not liking cruel the manticore and just how like just how base he was so i i thought that was really funny but also i just love all the like all the all the little what ifs that the book brings up because uh in the book the the people who are being kept uh there as food are like they're like crying they're like we don't want to be here let us go free blah 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 we're gonna be like food uh and then when when the angels arrive they're like let's pray to them but then janris says like why are you going to pray to the creatures that doomed us to die anyways we're going like when you think about it they're all the people all the people that are in there, like, should you actually feel sorry for them? Because God deemed them unworthy of saving. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? All these people did something that made them, everybody on the earth did something that basically made them unworthy of, of God's grace. So should you feel sorry for these people is the question. Like you you have all of this, even, even Shrey's family, uh, you get that kind of like like okay but do they deserve it kind of thing because Shrey said that it was he thought that his punishment wouldn't be doled out to his family so we don't know if his family is like you know uh like are they good or or are they also like doing bad things and stuff like that so you don't really know and i love i just i love that stuff i love that dichotomy uh so i kind of i i'm really excited to see what colin bun has to write and it's written really well oh absolutely yeah he's amazing and it's important to note that um this original volume came out in 20 or the original issues came out in 2018 so that was already two years ago and there's actually already i think two or three more volumes and a side um story like an ancillary little story um out too that i don't remember what it's called but um uh there's a lot out there to consume so if you're at all even a little bit interested just know that there's there's quite a quite a bit of this story for you to um sink your teeth into most definitely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, anyway, uh, I say go out there and if you can purchase it, uh, definitely do so because this is a very good read, especially during this time, during this Halloweeny time. I think it's excellent to read. Uh, so are we ready to rate it? Yep. Yeah. Excellent. What do you guys think? So this is Kristen and I... Um, you already know, uh, I love Colin Bunn. I love horror. I am giving this the whole panaderia um, because I am. it is just right up that alley. And honestly, this is the second time that I've read it. And I think I enjoyed it more this time because I read it 
very quickly for our um, for our weekly book club the first time. And I think I missed a lot of stuff. So this time, actually, I really um, was able to really pay attention um, and look at the art too. the art I really liked as well. So um, I give it the whole panaderia. Well, I second that. Uh, I would second that rating because I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I was when I initially read the uh, intro, but then seeing how they developed the story was amazing, and the art was really great too. So I'm gonna have. I'm gonna also give it the whole panaderia. Uh, this is Jen, and I'm going to agree with the both of you. Uh, Three Conchas, uh, it was really good. It was very, uh, very grabbing, very like personally really appealed to a lot of things that I'm interested in. So I, I highly, highly recommend the book. I really enjoyed it. The art's pretty good. The, how they designed the monsters is really great. And the story itself, I mean, we already knew Colin Bunn was a great writer, but he once again knocks it out of the park. Absolutely. And even the font on the uh, dialogue bubbles, even that was uh, um, a, a element that they took in, took advantage of uh, to create oh, sort yeah. of, yes. And I was like, you know, that really, I love when they do that because that separates who's talking for me in my head if I'm reading mm -hmm. it fast, but also mm -hmm. kind of like creates a voice in my head that's completely different and maybe even spoken in a different type of tone throughout the comic book. So, I mean, this was really detailed. I really loved it. So I'm, I'm really glad we all gave it the, the whole panaderia. And that has been our book review. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar, and I have uh, some On My Radar, guys. So it turns out uh, Green Lantern is going to have an HBO Max series. Um, like uh, Kristen said earlier today, HBO Max is really kind of gathering a lot of interesting series and shows uh, to their um, to their HBO Max um what is a streaming service. So um, it's really interesting. It's gonna um, be framed on the Guardians of the Universe uh, and the Green Lanterns. So it's uh, gonna be 10 episodes long. They've all green lit 10 episodes so far. The executive producer is Greg Berlanti um, and he's teaming up with Seth Gra Graham Smith. And uh, they're gonna tell stories like Alan Scott, Kilowog, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, which I'm very excited about. And Simon, I was just gonna ask, are we gonna get to see Jessica? I I they're saying that we are, and Simon Bass as well. So I'm nice. really excited. Yeah, they there is no word yet if it's gonna be a continuity to Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League universe, uh, or if they're an entirely separate entity. Um, it's being co-written by Graham Smith, who is part of. The person who created the Arrowverse, along with the architect Mark Mark Gunnenhelm, Gunnenheim, uh, but we expect to have it to be a one-hour drama series per episode. So uh, there's no word on when it's going to start filming, but um, it, I, I'm sure it's not. Have it hasn't even been cast. All we know is that it's being greenlit for ten episodes. Uh, for an hour each episode so on HBO Max. So that's what's on my radar. And I'm really looking forward to it. So um, also, I know that, uh, mm -hmm. Kristen, you have some on yes. my radar. So my on my radar is a comic that came out this week on Wednesday called Getting It Together. And the reason why it's on my radar is 
It is written by Cena Grace, co-written by Cena Grace and Omar Spahi. Cena Grace used to work at Heidi Ho Comics and has gone on to see fame in at Image and Skybound and uh, has written. Um, Geez, I think he's written for DC and Marvel. So um, this is an indie book by Image. And um, it's co-written by um, Omar Spahi, who used to co-own Heidi Ho Comics. He was one of the co-owners before uh, we took over. So um, these are two friends of the shop. And um, they've gotten together and written this book. And um, a little synopsis of getting it together. Uh, Sam and Jack are best friends. And Sam is dating Lauren, Jack's indie rocker sister and roommate. When Sam and Lauren open up their long-term relationship, skyrocketing tensions send social shockwaves through their friend group and the entire Bay Area. And Jack, caught in the middle of it all, may be forced to take sides in a conflict he never wanted to be a part of. Life gets pretty messy when you're in your 20s and your friends are your family. So I basically, when I was asked earlier today what it was about, I was like, basically, it is, <laughs> uh, it was an episode of Friends with lots of gay sex. Um, so <laughs> I, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, um, I liked it a lot. And um, I was telling them I learned something new. There is a there's yeah. a panel in here that talks about sounding and then tells you what sounding is. So apparently sounding is when a guy inserts a rod into his urethra for sexual pleasure. So you're welcome. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Wow, I I can I can collectively feel the cringing of all our straight male okay. listeners. TMI, I have had this done to me for medical purposes. Um and the pain that I felt having something inserted into my urethra and the doctor had the nerve to tell me, "Well, just be thankful you're not a man." And I was like, oh, first of all, it still effing hurts. But second of all, I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like having to go down the length of the penis, like that is some crazy stuff. But to do it for sexual pleasure, I don't know. I mean, I have to kiss yeah. kinky stuff, but I don't know. <laughs> Not that. Yeah. And how far, how far do they insert stuff into the urethra, I wonder? I don't know. Until this, it gets this to is something. Gonna take some further investigation. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's crazy. But, uh, I loved it. Uh, it's 20 somethings growing up in the city, uh, 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 San Francisco Bay Area. There's lots of relationship messiness. There's lots of just like following your dreams, like dead end jobs, just real slice of life type stuff um but uh, and omar mm. is actually um he is a uh, part of the lgbtq plus community and omar is a um, person of color and then the uh, artist is a woman jenny d fine so um i think that uh, this book deserves your eyes uh and your support because i really liked it so uh, definitely mm. check it out getting it together all right guys it's time for juntos y fuertes and uh kristen what do you have for us for juntos y fuertes 
Well, today I have um, a company called Hello Black Man, and you can um, check them out at helloblackman.com. Um, but um, Hello Black Man is a company that creates journals um, and they were created to bridge the generational communication gap. Um, and basically they've grown in, they've transitioned into a nonprofit um, and they are, um, are really uh, working on bringing together black families nationwide. And when you go to their product section, um, they have journals that um, uh, are called, uh, there's Hello Black man of course but then there's hello black child um awaken uh black child and tell your story there's hello black couple um an easy everyday journal uh on what makes your relationship unique um and then hello black man is the uh, easy everyday journal on what makes you tick and then there's hello black teen um, so, uh, oh, and there's hello black woman. So, um, it's just a way basically, um, it, they've been doing a lot of marketing this month cause it's mental health awareness month and basically trying to encourage and facilitate breaking down cultural barriers of dealing with your own mental health and, um, doing that through journaling. So, um, I thought that was an amazing, uh, thing to do and especially for I mean I know uh, Latinx community has some of the same issues of you know uh, not talking about your problems and not going to see therapists and that kind of stuff so I thought it was this was actually a really awesome um, way to kind of uh, support black people in that way so helloblackman.com is um, where you can go to find out more information okay perfect thank you so much um, I also amazing. know that was really amazing I know like you said, that uh, the brown population has issues with actually uh, admitting that they're going through therapy or that they need therapy. So this is really, uh, really helpful uh, to have that information on hand. I know that, uh, Jen, you also have a Juntos y Fuertes. Yes, I have been going strong on Kickstarter. <laughs> and another project has made its way into my attention. And it's called Constellation Magazine a quarterly bilingual speculative fiction magazine with stories appearing in both English and Spanish. So it is, um, um, uh, they have, um, uh, they're open to submissions and stuff right there, like that. Writers can submit their stories in either, in either language. 50% of the stories they publish in every issue will be from other authors from the Caribbean, Latin America, and their diaspora. So it is, it's, it's basically, it's, it's a it's a magazine it's a it's um, a magazine they have uh quarterly so that means they put out four issues uh every year uh and it's all about speculative fiction both in english and spanish and so i i've just kind of been like on kickstarter looking for one stuff that is specifically latinx but two just personally i like fiction and fantasy and speculative fiction so this really grabbed my attention especially after i had talked about last episode uh the kickstarter um, um that is i think now halfway at least halfway funded this one is about the halfway mark two they have a goal of eighteen thousand, and they are yeah at the half mark and they still have 20 days to go oh, but nice. it's uh it's it's it sounds really interesting and they have you can of course pledge without um, um 
without uh like wanting anything you're just like yeah here i support this but they do uh, they do have like uh, a seven dollar pledge where you just get issue number one of the magazine as well as the pdf uh of it uh and a wallpaper and then it goes on from there from ten dollars to 15 um uh, and then it makes the jump to 28 then 35 uh i backed for uh, a year to receive the books in uh pdf format and i'm really really excited for it because it sounds interesting it looks lovely like from what i've seen of um uh, of some of the proofs that they have for issue number one and it seems like they're trying to like make this uh, a yearly thing as well so i don't know if they're going to be doing um uh, or if they one if the goal is so that they have the eighteen thousand dollar goal is so that they can do it for a year or if it's just for issue number one but i've subscribed for a year uh because i don't mind uh 28 for four issues all about speculative fiction uh i that's good enough for me <laughs> that sounds actually really cool so um I, this whole speculative fiction thing that was a new term that i just learned the last time we recorded actually seems really super intriguing to me so um i want to actually check it out too it, it sounds really cool all right guys it's now time for saludos and today estamos saludando um it it's called they are called or she is called la huevona it's in <laughs> <laughs> it's in Insta instagram it's l a h u and instead of an e it's a number 3 and then v as in victor o n a la huevona she has a instagram and an etsy store and if you click on the link on the bio she can uh, it takes you directly to all the places you can purchase their items and their items are stuff like this it's like pop culture slash latino latinx um products such as cortez stickers and they have also a walter mercado uh sticker and jose jose and they have mugs and they have um kind of like a slash between the Simpsons and El Chavo del Ocho keychains. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff, Papel Picado stickers. I mean, there's a lot of awesome things. Cool. And um, the creator of this is a web and graphic marketing um, uh, designer. So they're also available for commissions. Oh, so nice. if you guys have any project that maybe you want to um, maybe give someone as a birthday present or now that Christmas is coming, maybe you want to give them a Selena mug or a Juan Gabriel mug or a Walter Mercado mug. I mean, this is definitely the place to look. Again, it's La Huevona. It's at La Huevona. And again, the E is in a number three, La Huevona. And um, it's I thought it was so cool. Like their stickers are so awesome. I think I'm going to suggest that they do like a instead of just one sticker have like a like a like a sticker packet you could buy with multiple different ones so like oh, yeah. that way we could have one of each and not have to buy like five of one i don't know it just sounds so cool <laughs> but um yeah i was totally impressed with all those cute little things um and they are from uh i believe from compton so they oh, are oh, local oh. yeah they are oh. local yeah, so um, yeah, definitely check out their Instagram and then check out their link on bio where it will take you where you can buy other things like their Etsy store and stuff like that. So saludos to them. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of our episode. Where can they find us? 
You can always find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres. See Comic. And Jen, where else can they find us? <laughs> <laughs> they can find us uh, on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where they can send us a DM as well. You can email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Uh, we are working on the website, so comadresycomics.com, and it'll take you to, um, I guess, our other stuff. <laughs> you can uh, also, please remember. Right now, we, it takes you to a placeholder. Okay, mm-hmm. great. We And you could also find us with where we actually do our Las Platicas episodes via Zoom, and they're in video format. And we have, I don't know, about four interviews that we've done so far. And that's where we um, interview Latinx and uh, creators and let us know what they're working on and any Kickstarter projects they have. So please check us out on our YouTube channel, Comadres y Comics, and also be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, that has been the show for today. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.